0: tuned in To Voices of the Sacred Feminine. And uh, you were just listening to uh, a short snippet uh, called uh, Maria uh, by a band from across the pond called Be Optimistic. And uh, this song, Maria, was actually in tribute to the goddess, they tell me. And uh, that's uh, perfect music to start off today's show because I have with me uh, returning to the show after a long hiatus. Uh, marguerite regal yozo and uh, we're going to be talking about uncloaking the real mother mary Um, and we have uh, rescheduled this show from uh, august 12th and uh, that on august 12th we didn't uh, air this particular show uh, but there was really some magic that day Um, you know and with the connection with uh, ISIS and Mary um, I don't know I thought it was significant it turned out that we attribute to ISIS uh, and with there being such a close association with ISIS and Mary I don't know it just felt like to me the Uh, the universe was conspiring to uh, make sure we did, you know, had a tribute to Isis on her birthday, which some say is uh, August 12th. So I invite you to go back and listen to that August 12th show. Uh, But, uh, you know, turning our attention to uh, today's show about Mary, which I'm really happy to be doing, Uh, you know, there's so much we don't learn about her. I know myself uh, growing up in the Bible Belt, a Catholic. Uh, What we're going to be talking about today, uh, you know, we just didn't hear this kind of stuff, you know, growing up in that um, uh, Christian bubble, so to speak. Uh, So Marguerite, uh, I want to tell you a a bit about her, uh, if this is the first Acquaintance you've had with her, though you can find many interviews she's done with me over the years if you check the archives. Uh, She is the founding director of Seven Sisters Mystery School. Uh, She's a scholar and practitioner of the ancient Mediterranean mystery traditions. As a teacher and mentor, she works with people privately to help them cultivate their unique spiritual path and sacred careers. She also teaches on pioneering spiritual topics born of both academic research and spiritual insight. And in 2020, her courses uh, are focusing on Mother Mary mystery teachings and the Holy Womb Chakra teachings. She holds a master's and in doctorate in philosophy and religion from the California Institute of Ventricle Studies. And as a mystery practitioner, she regularly explores expanded states of consciousness and higher dimensional realities. She's the author of two evolutionary books on divine birth as an authentic practice of sacred women. And she has a new book coming out uh, next year, uh, The Mystery Tradition of Mira. So Marguerite, welcome back to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. I am so glad to have uh, have you with me again after all this time
1: hi
2: that's so great i'm it's wonderful to be here thank you so much and i just wanted to clarify my book title because maybe there was something missing when i sent it to you but the new book is going to be called the mystery tradition of miraculous Conception*.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, You know what? Uh, uh, There was a period after Mira, uh, M I R A, (laughs) and I was going to ask you,
2: what is that? (laughs) Um, So thank you,
0: thank you for that uh, clarification.
2: Yeah, and the subtitle of the book (laughs) Um, is really what it's about, which is the mystery. It's the subtitle is Mary, and the. Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Births, okay, so that's
1: what...
0: Okay, yeah, and I mean, that, that was, uh, we've talked about that on the show before, uh, so I'm sure you're going to be getting into parthenogenesis and uh, uh, how you were successfully able to defend that in your thesis, I mean, it's just so provocative and so interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really uh, yeah. a fascinating that's- topic. And and I'm noticing that more people are coming to it. it, it seems, especially in this time where there is people have a little more time on their hands and they're hungry and they're looking for spiritual messages and the sacred feminine is really, really coming to the planet in a very strong way. So now people are quite becoming quite interested about the topic of virgin birth as a real, real thing that women of the past, present, and future have and will do.
0: Right, right. Well, and you know, I can, you know, knowing your work, having had so many conversations with you before, I can definitely say to listeners they will want to have that book uh, in their library as well as the one we're talking about today. And again, correct me if I don't have this completely right, uh, but today we're talking about your book, Uncloaking the Real. Mother Mary, Priestess, Master, Goddess, and Mentor for Your In-Session Path. Is that correct?
2: Right. So that's not a book, but that's a really great title for our talk. <laughs> and, and that kind oh, of thing, okay. yeah, that's coming up for future books that I'm going to be writing about Mary. But, but basically, it encapsulates everything we're going to be talking about which includes my work on Mary from the new book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, as well as other material that I've researched and that I've taught about already in my Mother Mary Mystery Teachings and my Holy Womb Chakra Teachings, which are all available on the Seven Sisters Mystery School website.
0: Okay well thank you for that um you know because i interview so many of the inner traditions publishing uh, authors um i just assumed that uh you know this you know that's how you know this interview got um uh inspired you know uh forgive forgive me that lapse from uh from last month when when you were going to be on the show i sort of just lost the thread but um no but worries. anyway you know this uh, yeah yeah well i know you, i've been seeing you on facebook uh, doing these classes and to my knowledge anyway you're one of the few people that uh, have dug into this and in, uh, a real academic way so um, you know so let's you know let's get going here you know um, so you know we've seen uh, you know Magdalene you know raise up to what we believe is her a more authentic uh, status and, and role in recent decades um, you know now you know you're doing the with, uh, the, with Mother Mary, uh, you know, the mother of Jesus. Um, you know, why do you think it's taken us so long to, um, you know, I guess elevate both these, uh, these female figures, but especially the mother of Jesus?
2: Right. I think it's taken us time to elevate both of these figures because of cosmic timing. We've had 2,000 years' worth of patriarchy since these beings supposedly walked the planet. And in that time, we have really dug deeply into what we know to be the Kali Yuga, or the epic of suffering in the great cosmic cycle as we're experiencing it on planet Earth. And we are now getting ready for the next cycle, which is going to be one of upliftment, But we are really down in the trenches now, and the whole planet is. We know that by what's been going on since the beginning of this year and ongoing and ongoing with different catastrophes and public outcries that have been going on. And it's just patriarchy kind of coming into its apex and then falling apart. And we needed to have that low point that nadir point uh before these female figures could come back into our consciousness in the way that they have so i think it's all divinely timed magdalene i believe what i receive is she needed to go first because she was more accessible to the average woman because she was closer to being a woman who is on her ascension path than Mary, Mother Mary, who was already many, many lifetimes ahead in that process and was basically living out her final human lifetime in the one that we know her as Mary. So Magdalene is a little closer to us in in sort of energetic time. She's the woman who is the very interested student um, of Jesus, a a high priestess in and of herself, but still very much learning in ways that Mary had already learned, Mother Mary. And I also think that Magdalene went first because a sexual woman is more appealing to the women of today, whereas Mother Mary, the way she's been mm, distorted has come down to us as a sexless woman, which isn't entirely true. But uh, we had to open with a woman who felt more like us, a woman who felt more like us, Magdalene. And then once everyone was working with that for the past 30 or plus years in books and in, in re- direct revelations and workshops and so forth all over the planet, then all of a sudden, boom, the step is ready for us to take with mother mary and enter me because for 10 years as you know karen we've talked about this i've been researching divine birth in my first two books and the first one was the cult of divine birth in ancient greece the second one was virgin mother goddesses of antiquity and they came out 10 and 11 years ago in 2009 and and 10 and I already knew from that material that Mother Mary fit into it. I was already starting to teach about her, but the timing wasn't right for me to really unveil all of that material in in a much bigger way until now. And I was able to go on a writing sabbatical last year and complete what's actually two books on Mary, but the the first one that's coming out is the Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, which is basically going to focus on Mother Mary as a high-level adept who completed the ability to do divine birth at an extremely high level and was able to transform herself from human to divine. So she completed her ascension through that process. And the second book is going to be interesting, farther into the future, more about how what I found out about her, which is what I've been also teaching, is that she was a master healer. She was a master exorcist. She was a master mentor, okay? And so there's, you know, that's just the very beginning of this story, but it explains the timing of it all.
0: Well, you know, I've always thought that there had to be so much more to uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus than we were taught, you know. I mean, uh, she just, uh, you know, as a Catholic, you know, she was sort of this benign figure. Uh, Yes, of course, people... Uh, went to her when uh, they were in dire straits as as you kind of do your mother you know because you feel like you will get that unconditional love um you know and i have I, I feel like i have to say uh you know that that but you know we felt that way about isis too and she sort of just passed that baton on on to mary uh you know in, in yes. my mind i think and in so many people's minds but you know i've always thought as of mary as at least um you know and you, you're taking it much further uh, but I, I I've always at least thought of her as probably uh, the inspiration for Jesus's social justice. You know uh here she lived under the yoke of rome uh in a in a in oppression uh she knew what it was like to have the boot of authority on your neck, and he probably learned that at her knee and um you know, I felt at at the very least um you know that was something she probably taught her son, and there was that aspect of her as well um i I wonder if if you agree about that.
2: Oh, yes. He not only learned at her knee, he learned in her womb. And that is another aspect of what's being revealed now. This information is coming through um, the late Hindu saint, Sri Kaleshwar, who wrote a book called The Real Life and Teachings of Jesus Christ. And what he revealed in that and also personal teachings of the Holy Womb Chakra, which I am now... Um, carrying on through certification through that lineage. Uh, It is a fascinating story about Mother Mary as essentially a higher-level adept than Jesus. She was the highest-level adept who ever walked the planet. She gave birth to this avatar known as Jesus, and in that way, she was responsible for teaching him everything he knew. And as Kaleshwar, a male Hindu saint, said, all master saints get their power from the sacred feminine, starting with their mothers. So this is no anomaly, uh, it, what happened with Jesus. He was taught by Mother Mary while he was still gestating because she had a very rigorous nighttime sleep and meditation and prayer and mantra practice that has come to light to me through these ancient teachings that have come from the palm leaf manuscripts of India and beyond Um, things that have been kept secret for thousands of years until this now moment of revelation when now is the time and what's happening a number of teachers are now coming forth with Holy Womb teachings including Dr. Pillai and so forth all overlapping complementary or echoes of one another so Mother Mary, through this mantra practice and through talking to the angels, essentially, in the middle of the night, was pulling in the power of Mother Divine, Great Mother, through her and transmitting it to her son. And then when, she, when he was born, she taught him everything. And he went on to his ministry, but she couldn't teach him. He went into India to learn.
0: Well, you know, uh, Marguerite, this makes so much sense to me uh, on two levels. First, for somebody who might be hearing this sort of thing for the first time and, you know, maybe they're kind of raising an eyebrow and and thinking, yeah, I'm I'm not sure could he really have learned while he was in the womb. I mean, scientific research is telling us now that um, children can begin being traumatized in the womb you know the actual contractions that the womb makes um, can start someone on a path uh, you know birthed in trauma so if that can happen Okay, to me, it stands to reason that uh, if you can get the negative, you can certainly also get the positive. you can get that positive download of uh, of good information if you can uh, you know likewise receive this negative information, and the other thing, I think uh this also Um, gives further evidence as to why there was such a concerted effort to discredit and marginalize the feminine, because if if this uh knowledge was really being uh disseminated from the feminine to these these uh you know the these sons like jesus um patriarchy uh you know they were you know they were it the patriarchy's competition you know in this struggle for power it it would make sense to me um maybe that was at the heart of um, you know, getting rid of the sacred feminine, you know, why there was, you know, such an intense um, effort to, um, you know, obliterate the feminine and replace it with the masculine.
2: Absolutely, because these forces have been at it for quite some time. It's it's the negative masculine. It's the masculine run amok. It's not the natural masculine. It's the masculine combined with negative energy influences, both in the inner dimensions and on our planet Earth dimension, because as above, so below, as without, so within. So this has been going on for quite some time, but the turning of the wheel, the Kala Chakra, the timing is now such that we are opening again. The field is opening to the feminine coming back and this is on every level of the hologram from human women all the way up to goddesses they are taking their thrones again as queens of heaven and Mother Mary is right there because through her ascension process by giving a divine birth and then having a special ritual death she went into queenhood of heaven which means she totally merged with Mother Divine great goddess of all and so this is this understanding is huge for all people on earth because it's not just about what happened to mary it's about what can happen for us because these practices are still available we've many of us have already been learning some of these techniques and tools about how to ascend yourself and get into your heart and all this the holy womb chakra teachings take us further because they offer the secret mantras that are now being the, the chants that are now being resurrected and unveiled for people to be able to do to clear their womb chakras to get it to the level of mother mary so that we can manifest miracles in our lives having to do with healing having to do with manifestation having to do with our own merge with mother divine and this is open to people of all gender identities so It's getting real, folks, you know, and now in the Holy Womb Chakra teachings that I'm teaching, that's what I'm sharing with everybody. I didn't invent these teachings. I'm a messenger. I'm a transmitter. I'm a practitioner. I've had my own miracle experiences with this. Others have as well. And it's just time to really get it in action because this is not about worshiping these beings. This is about looking at them as models, turning to them for guidance, asking for comfort when needed, and really engaging what they taught us so that we can have this, what I call, incension of our souls to the next level into fourth and fifth dimensional consciousness from purely third, and so that we can ascend our souls, clear our karma, and move into the next section where we are co-creating the positive timeline for the new planet Earth
0: well and and i i think too you know mantras are are so powerful uh if listeners have not used mantras before uh i can also attest that uh you know my most powerful prayer has usually always been you know the outcome the positive outcome has uh, usually always been when I've incorporated mantras uh, into the prayer and um, and you know and, and I I have not even been privy to these mantras you're talking about uh, but I think there's something about uh, the rhythm the vibration um, I, I, you know and, and I don't know a lot about it yet I mean I'm I'm a, a novice at I, I at this point uh, just starting to learn about that but um i'm curious marguerite um is, is it the rhythm and the vibration uh is you know as important as maybe the the words
2: absolutely in fact you don't even need to know what you're saying in order to have the power activated now if you do have something of a sense and you join your intention with the sense of the mantra all the better but you could be saying them and really creating vibrations because the words of the mantras are created by what are known as the bijakshras. These are syllables, sacred syllables. Basically, the syllables that a baby utters when they are learning how to talk. Ma, ba, ba, da, da, you know, all of that kind of thing, all right? It's all encoded. Those are secret, sacred, and the om and the ma, are the two primary ones. They contain the alpha and the omega of the universe. So when you start saying those mentally and from your vocal cords, that and all the other bijas, the bijaksharas, you are sending out powerful vibrations. And when they are united and linked like in a chain together to form word meanings, you you have an incredible powerhouse. And if you even just said ma continually or om you would be ahead of the game.
0: Yeah. Well, and it also reminds me of Artemis's Ephesian letters. You know, uh, those uh, those words, uh, said in a particular sequence, uh, elicit a particular sound and vibration. That's uh, you know, that's very powerful. So. Uh, you know, for people that are maybe new to this, I mean, there's there's really something to it. I mean, they're even starting to say, and, and I don't want to get sidetracked here, but I'll just make this final comment because I want to get back to what we were talking about today, but um, I think it would be remiss to not mention that, uh, you know, we've We believe now that at some of these sacred sites, uh, there are special, you know, uh, vibrations happening uh, that help us connect, uh, you know, at particular sacred sites. You know, there's, you know, certain... Uh, I think it's 120 hertz or something like that, Uh, because I know I experimented with it. You know, I I played some, uh, you know, vibrational music. I think it was at 120 hertz, and that, you know, that night I had the most intense... Uh, dreaming that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd never had before, and I attributed to, uh, you know, having spent some time, you know, I think it was an hour, uh, in this vibrational state, um, I, yes. I don't know, I, I, I guess I'm I'm. Still you know, I'm, I'm new to this, you know, so uh, I'm feeling like I'm just starting to awaken to so much of this that's maybe been yes. ancient knowledge that uh, is coming back to us
2: now. Myself as well, because we Western holy women, holy women and holy people, are now connecting with some of these ancient practices, and we're, we're integrating them as well. And something that will wind this back into Mother Mary in a very strong way is that one thing that I do talk about in the next book the, that's coming out with inner traditions, the mystery tradition of miraculous conception, by analyzing her suppressed gospel, which is known as the Infancy Gospel of James, but was originally called the Birth of Mary because it's all about her divine conception by her mother Anne, her childhood upbringing, her upbringing in the temple. What we come to find out is that in the temple, she was working with sound frequencies and song. And this was through the angelic beings that she was working with. And that was an intricate intimate part of the divine conception that she and seven other conception ritual that she and seven other women engaged in in order to conceive Jesus and also John the Baptist I believe was conceived in that same ritual by her much older aunt Elizabeth so sound was one of the technologies they used and there are a number of other technologies that, that I uncovered through this infancy gospel as I was able to cross-reference it with all the research I had done on the divine birth priestesshoods of ancient Greece, and it's completely fascinating. Yeah,
0: I, I remember we talked about some of this before, and I'm so glad you're making it available uh, beyond just your published thesis because it's uh, it's really intriguing what you uncovered about Mary's role in, uh, you know, d- divine conception. Um, can you tell us more about that? I mean, like, for instance, you just kind of dropped something in there uh, that her mother also, Anne, also had a divine birth. I mean, how far back does this go?
2: well back to Eve and beyond to the pleiades the seven mothers of humanity let's all just take that in for a minute okay this is the thing karen the veil is coming off now and we're being able to see and understand this you know i did this work 10 and 15 years ago and it was like really super far out it's still far out but i can tell you in 20 years, every other person is going to be talking about divine birth because I'm given stuff that's 20 to 35 years ahead of its time. So just for people to understand that, that it's okay to start opening to this wacky-sounding stuff because you need it. You need it now. You cannot wait any longer. The earth is in crisis. It needs your purified womb to help and turn this ship around and turn it to the positive timeline now. So... This, this, is, this refers to lineages of women who did this practice. It's all throughout the Hebrew tradition, and it's all around the world. So,
0: so make this plainer, Marguerite. How does knowing this, you know, awakening to this idea that there really were divine births, how does that help us actually change things?
2: Because... Divine birth is the apex power of a cleared and purified womb chakra. But at other levels, the womb chakra can do other things like bring other types of things into manifestation, manifest a different type of reality, bring people into and out of your life, do healings for, of people from afar, from far and near, healing yourself. As soon as I started these mantras, I assist on my ovary dissolves. It was, it was my first medical miracle in this lifetime, you know. So uh, this is talking about a whole program of powers that the woman's womb has. And for those people who want, who want to engage not necessarily in the apex power of virgin birth, which is a single woman conceiving without males, you can also conceive with males, but you can conceive divine children as well. Again, through purifying your womb, working consciously with a partner, working with certain timing, uh, and working with these mantras. So there's a whole range of things that are applicable to our lives. And if we start applying these things in our personal lives, it's, it's going to, first of all, it affects the collective. Like a stone that is thrown into a pond, the ripples go out. And secondly, as more and more people awaken to this, then they get involved in it. And then their lives start changing and their consciousness starts opening. And before you know it, it's like a flame, you know, that that's enveloping the planet. That's how these movements happen. So this womb work that Mother Mary and her lineages were part of is very, very critical to the turnaround of this planet. Women need to turn their wombs on now. Get these powers back so, um, in a clear way with integrity and manifest from there the world that we want.
0: So let me ask you this. So... Um, uh, we hear from the religious authorities about Mary's divine birth and it but you know but we have this other material that you've been uncovering what do you think is the biggest disinformation campaign or the or the the biggest misconceptions um, or distortion, maybe that's a better way to say it, what, are the, what were the biggest distortions about this divine birth that the church um, uh, perpetrated?
2: The biggest distortion is the statement, how can this be possible since I know not a man? Making it look like she had no idea what was happening to her it was the greatest sin that has been perpetrated by religious establishments regarding Mary and women. She absolutely knew what she was doing, and that's what I show in this book. She knew what she was doing. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, knew what she was doing. Anne, Mary's mother, knew what she was doing. Sarah, the biblical wife of Abraham and the mother of Isaac, knew what she was doing, as well as the other founding mothers of the Hebrew tradition okay, among many other women. So the idea that they didn't know what was happening to them, they were practically rape victims standing on the street to their own conceptions is absolutely patently ridiculous and one of the most horrific things that has happened to women in the last 2,000 years.
0: So let me ask you, we see this line of Hebrew women that this was, uh, knowledge past you know uh you know in this this woman 's legacy um you know i 'm going to call it, was this also happening in other parts of the world as well
2: beyond just yes. the,
0: you know the Hebrew women,
2: yes, I mean right in the the levant coast and and West Asia. In ancient Sumer it was happening, and later in ancient Babylon it was happening. You have the Naditu priestesses, the N priestesses, the Lukor priestesses. Okay, that's just right there. It was happening all over ancient Greece. That's what I show in my books. The mothers of Plato, Pythagoras, and Alexander were living historical women who engaged in this process, let alone the litany of so-called mythological women and so-called nymphs. That were doing this, who were really priestesses, let alone beyond that into native North America, native South America, all over the planet, these stories exist. And Den Poitras wrote a great deal about that in his book, Parthenogenesis Women's Long Lost Ability to Self Conceive. This has been going on the planet forever, but it is the greatest hidden thing, and it is the most powerful thing that we need to unveil now. So as to get the rest of the powers of the womb up online as well.
0: Wow, what a disservice to humanity! You know, um, it just absolutely. makes uh, patriarchy. You know, I mean, it just makes patriarchy that that much more egregious. You know, um, absolutely. So let's let's get back to. So let's bring it back to Mary again. We know this was a worldwide phenomenon that's been hidden from us. Um, uh, and I do want to, well, the one question before we get back to Mary. Um, are these, uh, yes, we've had this hidden from us in the West, but maybe in Eastern teachings, has it been quite so hidden as well?
2: Not so much. For example, you have uh, Parvati, the mother of Ganesha, uh, that is a virgin birth story she conceived Ganesh when Shiva was out and about okay Krishna has a divine birth story and that's why these teachings are for large part in a way coming out of India um, although they're not so specifically talking about the virgin birth aspect I am more talking about that Dan is more talking about that but in the more esoteric practices of some of the household matriarchal initiations of girls and women in, like, the Kerala tradition of, uh, or region of southwest India, these, these hidden teachings are more available, okay? Um, so, you know, it, it's not been quite as distorted, quite as hidden in their religious texts, but in the lives of real women, Modern women, it's another story. You know, they're not necessarily all out there, hey, you know, virgin birth is real, you know, any more than Western women are. But, but, but at least their religions are not necessarily hiding it to the degree that, that Western religions have. And I might add, let's go all the way back to Eve in the West and West Asia. That is a reversed divine birth story that Adam came from her ribs it's the other way around she was the parthenogenetic or virgin birth mother of humanity she was like the first you know human fully human woman who did it and the pleiades were the astral beings before her who came into human form and gave birth to the large part of humanity according to the greek tradition through divine birth means and this goes back to these stories about The Watchers and the Nephilim and the Sons of God and how these Watchers and Sons of God ended up interfering in the lives of humans because these disincarnated male beings would impregnate human women. These are distorted mm, transgressions against the the holy womb practices and divine birth practices of women. Okay, so the, the story is long and deep. And I talk about those watchers in the mystery tradition of miraculous conception as well.
0: So let me, you know, I was actually about to ask you about the Anunnaki, and and you started talking about, you know, that those whole characters in the Bible. So, um, so I think what you're saying is they were some of the ones that impregnated these women back then, and we hear that the flood story was uh, maybe an attempt to purge the earth of these. Um, uh, I know hybrid, hybrid isn't a good word, but uh, it's the hybrid. best one I, I can come up with. Yeah, th- these these hybrid beings. Um, so I guess I wonder, um, these hybrid beings, um, maybe they would have been a good thing because the earth would have been filled with more educated, ascended People and uh, this this wiping, you know, this purge of the earth, um, sort of sets us back. I mean, is that what you're thinking, or do I have it just the opposite?
2: Well, there's another way to look at it. First of all, when any human woman engages with an astral spirit to give birth, which is a version of virgin birth that is a lesser, devolved version. The original virgin birth is parthenogenesis. She becomes one with the goddess of the universe and gives birth from there. Lesser practices were she would start having sex with astral beings. Lesser practices from there is she would start having sex with kings that would embody the astral beings but were human. Okay? And so there's a whole way in which virgin birth devolved. The idea of the impregnation of the women by whoever these beings are, watchers, sons of God, Nephilim, even in later times, aliens, okay, because I get a lot of people who ask me about this. These are distorted insertions into women in a time when women were even forgetting or not even knowing that it was possible to have different kinds of pregnancies. And the quality of the child produced Reflects the quality of the beings that co produced them. So, if a woman is a very high level adept doing parthenogenesis like Mother Mary, you're going to get a very high level being. That's why she brought the highest level avatar to the planet. But if you have a woman who is engaging with a lesser being or a problematic errant male god like Olympias, mother of Alexander the Great, Through that other type of practice of astral sex with a particular God who will remain unnamed, you're going to have a distorted child. It will have powers, but it will not have the consciousness level and the ethics that we are wanting on planet Earth right now. So I could understand why there might want to be a purge, and I can tell you they did not get rid of all of them. They, they have still been running around, and they're still running around till today, these hybrids, and they are the ones who are actually running the highest levels of government and corporate and creating problems on the planet all the way down to common, everyday you and me.
0: That, that that's makes the, further, um, that's and, the further the well, further
2: unlidding. That's the most radical thing I could say yeah, today, Karen, and the new, the new piece. The most radical and new piece I could say to you today is that those hybrids are the ones behind the so-called groups that people are talking about at the highest levels of bloodlines that are running the show. Okay?
1: this of virgin birth.
2: Up.
0: I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, uh, and I mean, and I don't know if you want to say on the air, but um, do you teach in your classes who these particular bad actors out in the world today might be, or is that too dangerous a thing to say?
2: I have alluded or written about them in various blogs and classes in the past. Um, It's not what I give focus to at all. When talking about the Mother Mary teachings or the Holy Womb Chakra teachings, but it is known in the Hindu tradition that there are many negative beings around, and that's what we're dealing with, and that's why we need purified and elevated Holy Wombs to get get us right back, turned right side up.
0: Um, you know, let me just ask you: Do do you think Zachariah Sitchin had anything right? Uh, and his teachings about Enlil and, you know, the brothers doing battle, uh, you know, because this kind of ties into that a bit. I mean, I know it's off the track of Mary, but it's sort of a parallel track. And I wonder if you have any thoughts about that.
2: I'm not an expert on Sitchin. I only have a very vague understanding, but I do think he was getting at something. And because he was getting at something, then he's going to be truly reamed, okay, especially because he was one of the early people coming out with stuff. As more and more of the revelations accumulate and people are able to handle it and handle the vibration, we may go back to some of what he was saying. And even if he didn't have all the information correct down to the letter and even if Sumerian scholars are saying he translated this wrong, the guy's getting at the point of interference onto the human plane and that's what we're looking at and that's what we're remedying now okay that's what we are remedying when each woman gets her womb chakra cleared healed and empowered she's part of the healing of the planet
0: Okay, so let's get back to Mary. Um, you you talk about that there is some remarkable information about her relationship with the Magdalene. Um, tell us a bit about that.
2: Yes. Well, basically she was Magdalene's mother in law. So take that in. You know, uh if Magdalene, as many of the teachings are showing us, was one of the sacred consorts of Jesus, and it's turning out there may have been more than one. (laughs) That's another whole story that Sri Kaleshwar was also talking about, Claire Hartsong is talking about. I personally have a hard time with that. However, we may have to revise what we're looking at, but she would have been the main one. She would have been the primary. And uh, as such, she was basically Mother Mary's Student for some of this because uh, for some of her teachings it wasn't Jesus she was receiving just Jesus she was receiving teachings from she was receiving them from Mary and the two of them did have a special relationship they and another Mary which was Mary's biological half sister <laughs> okay I'm telling you it's all in the ancient texts that have been suppressed but it's going to be in my second book about Mary um, Mary had a half-sister who was originally named Paragita and then her mother Anne also called her Mary because Mary was a priestess title. That's why these women are all named Mary. The word, word Mariam goes back to the Egyptian Mary which means love or divine love. So these were all priestesses of divine love. Okay? So Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, and Paragita, or her Mother Mary's sister, Mary, were the three, the Trinity, that walked around Jesus all the time. So they were getting along. And they were obviously teaching one another, but I think that Mother Mary held the lion's share of the teachings for these other two women, because she had already lived many more lifetimes than the others. And she was on her final lifetime. So Um, Magdalene, you know, was essentially made the head of of all the females um, under Mary, essentially, under Mother Mary. And really, there's a sense that she had a higher elevated role even than Peter, who was like the head of the males. Um, But that wasn't going to go down too well during that time when patriarchy was still at its zenith. So she had to be toppled from that until recently. And we're all like, wait a minute, she was the apostle of all the apostles. I mean, she was the head one. So I think they had a teaching role. They had a sisterhood role. They had a camaraderie role. They had a co-creative protective role around Jesus. These are some of the things that I've uncovered through these other repressed gospels.
0: Now, um, just, you know, again, sort of a parallel here. Uh, I forget now over the years where I heard it or read it, uh, but there was something about um, uh, Mary and Jesus were practicing the Osiris mysteries. So when they raised uh, raised Lazarus from the dead, uh, you know, this was actually like an Osiris, um, you know, coming back to life. Uh, and, and I wonder if you have any thoughts about that as well as like the Aphrodite, um, you know, sexuality, you know, the temples of, of, of Aphrodite where, uh, right. you know, people, you know, you know, speak to that a little bit. Is, do you yes, think there's have any credence for any of that?
2: Yes, I have thoughts on both of those things. And I do address the Aphrodite temple uh, sacred prostitute question as it relates to mother Mary and the other priestesses in these temples in the book, the mystery tradition of miraculous conception. So that's coming forth, but I will address it. But uh, to go back to your previous question about, um, what was it, Karen? I just lost the thread. Um,
0: about the, w- w- were, were they the practicing the Osirian yes,
2: yes, mysteries? Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Here's the deal. Uh, Rudolf Steiner, who's a great mystic, said that uh, Isis was a previous incarnation of Mother Mary. And that makes very much makes sense to me. So she had already been in lifetimes where she was practicing these kinds of divine birth technologies. As the story gets handed down to us, Osiris is the resurrected one. He is the Jesus. Okay, Lazarus that's just them showing that they have the power to resurrect the dead through these practices of the holy womb. Because Mother Mary resurrected Jesus after his crucifixion through her womb. She did channels or mantras in order to do it and pull him back. They were engaged in Kandana Yoga. Both of them knew what was going to happen and how to handle it. And he was doing his part on the cross and he like, got his soul into a safe place and only left a shard of his soul in his body. And then when she was able to get his body onto her lap, uh, she did these mantras and was able to pull him forth into a resurrected state. So um, the Osiris mystery is a little bit related to that. Okay, but it's a bit of a different flavor around it where Isis is resurrecting Osiris right, through a sexual act, but uh, with, the, you know, his dildo, uh, this, the dildo, the part of him right. that wasn't found, his phallus, but Mother Mary is not right. engaging in that way, she's engaging through a much higher technology, but it's, again, through her womb that this resurrection happens, so she had perfected the process, she had detached it from sexuality by the time she got to that lifetime, all right? Now, the Aphrodite women, the vestige of the sacred temple sex acts and prostitutes and so forth, later called prostitutes, Aphrodite was the later Greco Roman, those priestesses were the later Greco Roman version of the earlier Naditu, Lakor, and priestesses and the temple priestesses in the Hebrew tradition who were sex workers and that is in the hebrew bible and i talk about that in the mystery tradition of miraculous conception uh, the there were all these exhortations against this temple prostitution and and so forth and um these women were also the weavers which is what mary was because it said that she was weaving the veil of the temple when she conceived jesus well it was a weaving of a ho- of a holy higher level okay But the later temple sex work uh, where the men would come in to have an experience of the sacred feminine was a devolution of the earlier divine birth conception rites where they were virgins, okay? So we're talking about a time period of all these things degenerating, and, but originally these temple priestesses were virgin birth priestesses.
0: Okay. All right, that makes sense. You know, um, I, I mean, I can I can go there with you. And like you said, mm-hmm. as, as time goes on, this de- this devolves, and uh, you know, maybe the intention was that. I mean, look, we know when. I mean, just on a very basic level, we know that when a man has sex, his aggression, his anxieties are relieved. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean, so I mean, you can see where it would it would you know, help him on so many different levels uh, to be able to um, get rid of that sort of toxic masculinity, you know, uh, to, yes. to maybe be that more sacred sacred masculine that uh, this coupling maybe was intended to produce, if that makes any in sense. In the
2: later times, in the later times when they had to resort to that, but in the earlier times, the men knew how to discharge the energy to the Divine Mother through their purified Holy Womb Chakras going back to hers. And that's why these Holy Womb Chakra teachings are open to people of all gender identities because we all have a womb chakra. And we need to purify so that we don't have to use the sex act to sort of, you know, discharge the energy. You can discharge it through these other... um, kind of quicker and to the point means that go directly to mother divine so you discharge okay. to her and you receive your power from her
0: okay um do you, I, I guess i wonder do you have any thoughts about the uh the apparitions that would you know have appeared over time in so many places uh do, do they factor into any of this for you
2: Yes, I think that Mother Mary has been appearing to people forever, you know, and especially over the last 2,000 years. Now, what ends up happening is that a lot of those apparitions, the minute the Catholic Church hears about it, oh boy, the script starts getting rewritten of what was said to the people, how it's going to be revealed, how it isn't going to be revealed, and it starts getting into a whole Catholic program. That's what you have at Lourdes and wherever else these things have gone on so it makes it look like they once again can own Mother Mary and what's happening now is Mother Mary is being unowned by these traditional religions she is getting returned to the people as who she truly is not as a program so we have to be looking more deeply at these apparitions you know um what was said? Who, who, who was it said to? I mean, many people have had their own apparitions. You know, I don't consider any of these apparitions to be big deals. Like, we can all have our own apparition. You can sit right now and close your eyes right. and connect with Mother Mary, just like those children did at uh, Fatima or whatever, wherever, you know. You, it, it's not about a few selected chosen people. It's like every person has access.
0: So let me ask you, uh, Marguerite, speaking of children, Mary had other children besides Jesus. Um, What do we know about them? Or were there any that were important that we should know about?
2: Right. Well, the the canonical Gospels, you know, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and johns I think especially Matthew and Luke talk about this, that supposedly there's confusion because it's not clear. Whether these children were that of her consort, not husband, not sexual husband, but her consort Joseph, Joseph, which is a whole other story that I go into in the mystery tradition of miraculous conception. He already had children when he became the guardian of Mary when she was 12. Okay? She then became their stepmother when he took her into her house. Now, it's not clear really whether she ever had her own children after Jesus or not um, it, it, it's it's ambiguous in the canonical gospels um, there's controversy about it whether these were these, these children and they were male and female there were several of them like maybe a top seven altogether um, were her own biological children or not she was closely related to them and whether it could be you know there is there are indications in her infancy gospel that these women once they accomplished the divine birth they were released to have lives as so-called normal sexual women if they wanted it seems that her mother Anne did so and had paragita who who later who was also named mary okay um so it could be that Mary went on to have other physical children. But I named them in um, in the mystery tradition of miraculous conception. And what we find out in the canonical Gospels is that they kind of hung around with the whole Holy Family. But they were a little bit of a mixed bag. Some of them were into what was going on and some of them were not. Just like in any family, really. you know. <laughs> so... People can feel more about that in in the book. Okay? So um, let me ask you well,
0: two things have come to mind. You mentioned Mary is only 12 when Joseph becomes her guardian. Um, Yes. uh, It's a two pronged question. The first part of it is 12. Uh, was twelve then different than twelve now? And there isn't there also a story of Mary maybe having been impregnated by a Roman soldier? Uh, is there anything to
2: that? Right. I do not embrace the timeline that Mary was was impregnated by a Roman soldier. There may be people who are embracing that timeline. Um, that she was impregnated by a Roman soldier for whatever soul needs they have, um, whatever learnings they're going to get out of that, more power to you. I am in the reality in which Mary was self-impregnated, was the highest holy level being who ever walked the planet. That's what my incarnation is about. That's what I need to learn from. And that's what a lot of people who resonate with this are learning from. Um the other piece of your, of your question, Karen, was... Um, the
0: 12 years old.
2: Yes. So Her that age. is typically the time... Yeah, that is typically the time when a girl will start menstruating Then, as now. Of course, it, it sort of varies. But here's the thing. As I talk about in the mystery tradition of miraculous conception, it's not really clear whether Mary ever actually did menstruate. What's said in her infancy gospel is that, you know, she was about to start bleeding and she would be polluting to the temple. So the priests had to figure out what to do. There's other levels of this at which she may have been on a specialized diet, which prevented her from ever needing to menstruate. Menstruation comes out of the need to purge impurities from the body. When you're on a very pure level diet, you're not going to have to menstruate. So the whole thing could be just a kind of a patriarchal gloss um, and a rewriting of her gospel. And there's, there's evidence that there's some tampering and rewriting to eject her from the temple and put her in Joseph's house when she's conceiving the child, when it actually makes more sense that she would have been part of the ritual in the temple. Okay, so it seems to be a marker, you know, for menstruation, but again, um, it may be that menstruation was not really that big a deal for the divine birth priestesses, and which is why the women could continue to conceive into their so-called elder years, their so-called postmenopausal years, because they were never menstruating to begin with. So they retain this power to conceive into older years. And that's what Anne was about, her mother. That's what Elizabeth was about. That's what Sarah was about, okay? Women who achieved this high-level feat later in life. Mary was very high. She could do it at a young age.
0: Well, and it also reminds me of the Kumari uh, in India. Uh, you know, they have her as the living embodiment of goddess while she's a young girl. But as soon as she reaches puberty, I think, and, and menstruates, that's when she's replaced. Is is uh, that's I think right. if I have that right. Um, yes. Yes. It, I mean, I, I, it it feels like this kind of fits into that uh, whole. Um, Process as well.
2: Yes, and that's where you have the patriarchal layer and distortion over a much older matriarchal practice. So that by the time the girl is actually coming into her full power, she gets ejected from the temple and becomes a taboo individual because it's taboo to marry somebody like that. And this is what happened with the Vestal Virgins. Same thing, they got conscripted from age six to 30. After they got let go, who's going to want to marry a vestal virgin? No one. It's taboo. So these women were left powerless after their womb power has been siphoned off by patriarchy and unconscious people worshiping at their wombs and then allowing them to be thrown out on the garbage heap essentially afterward.
1: Right. This is the thing, right. you know. The well, Vestal and, and Virgins' womb. The yeah. Vestal
2: Virgins' womb power was used to fuel the Roman state. They had to keep the fire going. That was symbolic of their womb power. If they let it go, Rome lost their power. This is the same thing that Sri Kaleshwar is saying that all males get their power from women and women's wombs. So these women were deeply hmm. siphoned off, and if their virginity was disrupted or they, goodness forbid, decided they didn't really want to do part of this program, which they were never gave their permission. It was their parents who conscripted them in. They were buried alive. Okay? So and I talk about that... Well,
0: well and I'm... A- yeah, go ahead.
2: I talk about that in, in my book. Because it's time for us to unite the understanding of the Vestal Virgins with our understanding of Mary, with our understanding of ancient Rome, and how Rome led to the Catholic Church, etc. And the disempowerment of the nunhoods. Okay. Complete disempowerment Um, of the nunhoods. these These are women who have to remain virgins but get none of the other juicy benefits that the original virgins got.
0: Right, right. Well, and, you know, it, it also makes a little bit clearer. I mean, you and I both know David Hillman and his work. Uh, he's been on the yes. show a bunch of times. And uh, one of the things that he used to always say is uh, it was the maidens. You know, when we think about Maiden Mother Crone, it was the maidens everybody felt were really the most powerful. Um, and they mm-hmm. were the ones that got tapped into for their um you know, uh, f- for their energy, uh, you know, for their energy, you know, for lack of a better word.
2: Absolutely, just like children and, and young I, people get tapped into all over the planet sexually by these very hybrided beings. Okay, the whole sex network. Yeah. Of abuse that's been going on down into people you and I know. If you know, we've all been subjected to this energy coming through our fathers. I mean, it's time to wake up and see what's going on and how all of these things are related in a huge net. I mean, I am putting the call out today, Karen, with this interview for people far and wide to put it all together
0: yeah yeah this is important stuff. Um, Marguerite, we're going to take a quick break. We're running a little bit late. Um, we're going to take a mm-hmm. quick break. I have to do a little bit of housekeeping. When we come back, I want to give you the final word here to sort of wrap it up. What have we not talked about that's important and um, tell us about your classes? Um, you know w- w- you know what do we need to hear that I haven't asked you? Um, so I' give you a moment to think about that uh while i um you know bring listeners uh this clip from a trailer for joe Carson's uh, film uh Dancing with Gaia
1: excellent hello. Let me say a few things about Joe Carson's film *Dancing with Gaia*, an exploration of earth-based spirituality, sh- shot at sacred sites around the world. Here is Drusilla Pettibone on DearMist.com. I was truly touched and even awed by the film. I really appreciate that there is so much substantive information to digest. For example, the info about henges and tracing the horizon line is all new to me and totally fascinating the film was very beautiful and I was amazed how it was able to capture so many of the descriptions visually and seamlessly connect vintage footage with modern. I especially loved when images were dynamically superimposed on each other, like the lace with the water and the dancing in the flowering meadow. A visual feast and with so many layers. I am also pleased to have been introduced to Monica Shu and her work. It's so important for pagans to become aware of our heritage. It seems easily lost among so many new books, and the film really brought me home in a new way. Dancing with Gaia is available at dancingwithgaia.com
0: Dancing with Gaia is available only at dancingwithgaia.com. Uh, well, if you're just tuning in, you're a little bit late, but you can always replay the show. Uh, I am here with uh, Marguerite Regaliozzo, and we're talking about uh, her upcoming book that's going to be out next year, published uh, with Behr Company, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception. And, Marguerite, um, I'd asked you to kind of give us a wrap on um, what we've been discussing today and uh, uh, maybe what you think we, you need to make sure people hear that I haven't asked and how people can find out about your workshops and classes.
2: I think we've done it, Karen. Uh, more information was given than probably most people can digest. <laughs> um, it it was all said. That I've said things here that I have not actually said because I've been essentially channeling while we have been on together, I've been given um, higher-level information than I ever realized before. So this is an important interview for people who to listen to, including those who have taken my classes or have been following this material. And I would say that um, I would direct people to the Seven Sisters Mystery dot com website because there we have listed. The courses that are available, the Holy Womb Chakra Teachings, is actually going live now through October 2020 as we record this. Uh, it will remain available indefinitely online for purchase and for experiencing. Ditto the Mother Mary Mystery Teachings, which are now available on demand in replay. Uh, those are the primary two that I would direct people to right now because it's it's – where my work has gone to right now, I think it's really a very important layer that we need right now that is highly relevant to what is going on on our planet. And if people want to be part of the solution, check this out. You know, I give a lot more information on those web pages associated with those courses. That's what I would recommend. And if people want to write to me directly, they can do so at to, uh, to dove d o v e at seven sisters dot com. The seven is written out. Dove at seven sistersofferings dot com. Um, I also do personal one on one work in which we call uh, on Mother Mary. We bring her 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 energy in. So if you feel like you are wanting some guidance or a blessing in that regard as well, I'm available for that. And I just thank you karen for the continued excellent work that you're doing um connecting with vital people around the planet who have messages for today thank you so much for allowing me to be here on the show with you it feels like a very important momentous moment
0: well, thank you too, uh, Marguerite. I've always admired your work over the years. I felt like it was always cutting edge, and um, you know, I'm I'm so glad to be able to provide the platform to. Uh, you know uh, help the world evolve i mean that's uh mm-hmm. that's sort of been my whole mission you know uh, helping you know blaze a trail for us to um uh you know bring the sacred feminine values back in, into the world so that we can you know uh, manifest a new normal um so, so thank you marguerite i wish you wish you well with uh, with the new book. Um, you know, please let me know when it's actually available. You know we can make some announcements on the show or uh, or have you come back and uh, I certainly want to know about the other book that's in the works um, mm-hmm. you know and and uh, if, if if you'd like to do a show on you know that uh, you know maybe uh, it is more directly related to your classes or anything like that, uh, let me know I, I'm sure there's a lot of sure. We could cover uh, if you feel mm-hmm. that something uh, would would um, enhance your work and, you know, it, it's something you uh, feel would be helpful. So, uh, you Beautiful. know, just keep that, those ideas and back your mind. But uh, but thank you so much for today. I've really enjoyed uh, speaking to you again. You've refreshed me about a, a lot of things we've talked about before. And I'm so glad these books are going to be in print.
2: Blessed be. And the Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception is coming out April 6th, 2021. It's already available in pre-order through Amazon and possibly also the Inner Traditions website directly. So if you know you want that, you can line up and get it now and uh, put your order in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh that way listeners don't forget about it. Uh you know, it'll it'll just show up in the mail, it'll be a surprise and you'll go, Oh, mm-hmm. wow, yeah, I remember I ordered this. I'm, <laughs> uh it it mm-hmm. can be a holiday gift for yourself. Uh that sounds mm-hmm. like a good idea. Um
2: Yeah. Thank it will you, come, Marguerite. It will
0: thank you so year, much. But
2: uh it will come next yeah. year, but it but you can order it now. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Thank you, Marguerite. I I appreciate everything you've shared today.
2: Thank you, Karen. It's been wonderful to be here.
0: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Um, Well, listeners, that about... That that about uh, does it uh, for me today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I I know uh, it was fun for me Uh, hearing new information as well as being being refreshed on some of the stuff Marguerite and I have talked about before. uh, We're so lucky that these books are going to be in print. Um, I know some of her other publications were a little bit hard to maybe get your hands on sometimes, Uh, but but now she's making it easy for all of us to have access to this information, and it sounds like uh, she's taking it even even farther, Um, so it was worth the wait. Um, all right, well, um, I just want to say to everyone out there, um, stay safe, uh, and uh, as I always like to say to close the show, uh, may Isis embrace you in her golden wings, uh, and it almost feels like I need to say, uh, you know, it, it, in relation to that, um, you know, may Mary embrace you uh, in her loving arms. Uh, thank you very much, listeners. Uh, I will be back with you uh, next week. Uh, I'm looking at the calendar just to refresh myself because I know we've had some shows on different days uh, yes I will be with you next Wednesday I'll be talking to Erica Buenaflor uh, she's a curandera and uh, she will be the first um, uh, Mesoamerican priestess I believe I've had on the show we're going to be talking about uh, her new book uh, related to her work as a as a priestess or curandero of the Mesoamerican um, Mesoamerican Tradition Okay uh, That does it For me today Thank you for Tuning in uh, Please uh, share The link to This interview uh, Around with Your friends As Marguerite Said uh, I think it, there Was a lot of Important information For us Especially as Women to be Able to uh, Help the Earth evolve And heal At this Important time uh, Thank you Listeners And um, you Know keep Listening you Are the gas In my tank uh, Bye for now And 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 until next week.